the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
Welcome, brothers and sisters. This is Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. What is the Spirit saying to the church? He's speaking very directly to us. And his word is terrifying to me. It's a word that is not comfortable to share with you. He is warning me of things that are coming upon the earth, and particularly coming upon America. The word of the Lord does not change. He is holy. He is righteous. He is kind. He is merciful. But he has come to an end of patience with America. And his judgments are going to fall. They're already beginning. And there was quite a period of time when I prayed, Oh God, would you spare America your judgments? Would you bring repentance? I know now that he will not bring repentance to America. He will not bring revival to America until very severe judgments have come upon this nation. I want to share as an introduction two passages of Scripture. In the day of Jeremiah, the people of God were very prosperous. Life was good. But it was also wicked. And the people of Israel turned away from the living God. And they became comfortable with worldliness. And the Lord sent Jeremiah to turn their hearts before he had to bring the Babylonians in to utterly destroy them and burn the city. I want to read for you from Jeremiah, the 23rd chapter. Jeremiah, the 23rd chapter. I'm going to begin reading in verse 16. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Do not listen to what the prophets are prophesying to you. They fill you with false hopes. They speak visions from their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They keep saying to those who despise me, the Lord says you will have peace. And to all who follow the stubbornness of their hearts, they say, no harm will come to you. But which of them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see or hear his word? Who has listened and heard his word? See, the storm of the Lord will burst out in wrath, a whirlwind sweeping down on the heads of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he fully accomplishes the purpose of his heart. In days to come, you will understand it clearly. I did not send these prophets, yet they run with their message. I did not speak to them, yet they have prophesied. 
but if they had stood in my counsel, they would have proclaimed my words to my people and would have turned them from their evil ways and from their evil deeds. I am only a God, am I a God only nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Can anyone hide in a secret place so that I cannot find him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill the heavens and the earth, declares the Lord? Then I want to read a passage of scripture for you as introduction. From the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah, I'm going to begin reading for you from the 29th chapter, verse 13. Isaiah 29, verse 13. These people come near me with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is made up only of rules taught by men. Therefore, once more, I will astound these people with wonder upon wonder. The wisdom of the wise will perish. The intelligence of the intelligent will vanish. Woe to those who go to great depths to hide their plans from the Lord, who do their work in darkness and think, who sees us? Who will know? You turn things upside down, as if the potter were thought to be like the clay. Shall what is formed say to him who formed it, he did not make it? Can the pot say to the potter, he knows nothing? Chapter 30, verse 1. Woe to the obstinate children, declares the Lord, who carry out plans that are not mine, forming an alliance, but not by my spirit, heaping sin upon sin, who go down to Egypt without consulting me, who look for help to Pharaoh's protection, to Egypt's shade for refuge, but Pharaoh's protection will be to your shame, and Egypt's shame will bring you disgrace. The children of Israel were going to Egypt to get protection. They were returning to the very place where they had been enslaved in captivity. They're going back to their slavery. They're going back. They're not moving forward in the word of the Lord. They're not going to the God of heaven for relief. Because if they go to Egypt, they can keep their sins. They can spend as they choose. But they will be enslaved. They will lose their freedom. Through a land of hardship and distress, of lions and lionesses, of darting adders and darting snakes, the envoys carry their riches on donkeys' back. They're going to Egypt with their trade. Verse 9, these are a rebellious people, deceitful children, children unwilling to listen to the Lord's instruction. They say to the seers, see no more visions. And to the prophets, give no more visions of what is right. Tell us pleasant things. Prophesy illusions. 
leave this way, get off this path, stop confronting us with the Holy One of Israel. Therefore, this is what the Holy One of Israel says. Because you have rejected this message, relied on oppression, and depended on deceit, this sin will become for you like a high wall, cracked and bulging, that collapses suddenly in an instant. It will break in pieces like pottery, shattered so mercilessly that among its pieces not a fragment will be found for taking coals from a hearth or scooping water out of a cistern. This is what the Lord, the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. Now let me be very clear with you. America is headed with the Western world, with Central and South America, with Europe. The world is headed for a very severe depression. Food will become very scarce. Famine will be common. Volcanic action will take place in many different places. Storms of magnitude of which we have not even imagined will ravish our lands. Heavy, heavy storms of snow or rain will fall upon our land. Our croplands will be destroyed and famine will come. In the Great Depression, with a much smaller population, more than 7 million people died of starvation in the United States of America. That will happen again soon. Hear the word I'm speaking to you. The God of heaven has run out of patience with America. The church has become utterly corrupt, a habitation of darkness. The church in America is fat and happy and lukewarm. And Jesus threatened in Revelation that he would spew the church out of his mouth. He is about to spew the church from his mouth. There will arise young men and young women old men and old women who will prophesy, but they will speak the honest word of the living God. They will confront the sins of America. I needed to do a funeral for a young man this last week on Friday night. His name was Sean. He was 30 years old, and he was an alcoholic. He sat in my living room 
on more than one occasion for counsel with his wife. The last time I saw him, I said to him, Sean, you have two choices. You can turn from your alcoholism, and I'm going to pray and ask the Lord to give you the strength and the freedom to turn, to break the demonic power that is controlling your life. And you will have the choice to make, and you will have the power to make that choice. After I pray for you, and I bind this spirit of demonic power that is upon you. Now you either can walk free, turn your life over to Jesus, repent of your sin, and receive a new life. Or you can continue in your alcohol, and you will die. I saw the spirit of death heavy upon his countenance. I said to him, I am being utterly honest and serious with you. You have a choice today, and the choice you make will either bring you life or death, and it will be yours to choose. May I pray for you now? Yes. I laid hands on him. And I prayed until I knew the demonic power had been broken over his life, and he was now free to make a new choice. He was free to choose Jesus. He was free to repent of his sin. And when I said amen, I said, you are now free. The demonic power is broken. And you can now choose life or death. He chose death. He said, I can control my alcohol. What he did not understand and what I had said to him was that it was not alcohol he had to control. It was demonic powers. It was demonic powers that were trying to steal his life. And he turned to himself and said, I can do it. No, he could not do it. He left my home. And a few days later, he was dead, dying homeless in the woods where the police found his body. Now, I want to say to you, I've told you this story, I think, last week. But I want to tell you the response at the funeral. It was a very large funeral. The sanctuary was packed. And I told this story. And I said to the people, now you must make a choice, even as Sean had to make a choice. And if you choose life, you can repent of your sin. You can turn now and Jesus will bring you a new life or you can choose death. Please, please, please choose life. And I went into Romans, the sixth chapter, and I shared the gospel of Jesus. 
some people became so enraged with what I was speaking that they got up and walked out of the funeral. They waited until I had finished my message, and then they returned to talk with friends. Feedback that came later was that people thought I was just being negative, that I was not being kind, that I was hard. Some of you will say about this message today, it is a hard message. It is not my intention that it should be hard. It is my intention that it should be real. I want to talk to you about what the Spirit is saying to the church. And I have discovered the absolute necessity of sharing with you the actual scriptures and what the scriptures say we must take at face value and not try to pretty them up, not try to sentimentalize them, not try to make up stories. America is at that turning point, but I hate to tell you, America has chosen death at this point, and America is dying and the Western world is dying, and China is dying. The world is dying, and we are going to enter into the most severe judgments of God. Now, some of the false prophets are saying, oh, don't be concerned. Everything is going to get much, much better, and we're going to have a time of peace and prosperity and everything will be wonderful in America. Donald Trump is coming back as the new president. And everything is going to be awesome. No, everything is not going to be awesome. I don't know what will happen in the politics. But I know that the power of God has finally made the judgment. That the final judgments are going to begin to fall upon the Western world and the Asian world. And countless numbers are going to die because they have rebelled repeatedly against the Most High. The church is filled with the Jezebel spirit If you look at the women who go to church, they will, by and large, look like Jezebel with their tight-fitting clothing, their jewelry, their makeup, painted faces, just like Jezebel. This was not always so in the church. The cosmetic industry did not really get going until probably sometime in the 1950s. Although in the 20s, there was a great deal of jewelry and makeup, but it was not considered proper for Christians. It was for the flappers. It was for the prostitutes. It was for the worldly women who bobbed their hair. This has not always been acceptable. And the men 
strutting around in pride and arrogance and gluttony, satisfying the lust of their flesh, addicted to pornography. We have become a very wicked church where the men don't want to talk about Jesus. They want to talk about the football game. They want to talk about smoking their cigars and other pleasures of the flesh. They want to have gambling nights. They want to go to the strip clubs. They want to go to the clubs and have a drink. And they call themselves Christians. They're hard-hearted. They do not sacrifice financially to give for the work of the gospel. They love the evil of this world. And the judgments of God are going to be poured out. And I'm now telling you, from the spirit of the living God, that the judgments will not be held back any longer. That the judgments of God are going to be poured out in full power and we are going to see devastation and destruction. Many of you are going to lose your homes. You're going to have to go move in with <clears throat> you're going to have to go move in with another family and share the rent or share the mortgage. Or young people <clears throat> pardon me. You're going to have to move in with mom and dad again. Many of you are going to lose your jobs. You're going to have to learn how to forage and hunt. You're going to have to learn how to garden if you're going to survive. And many will not survive. Many will die of disease and starvation. Now, I want to share with you exactly what the Spirit said to the church in Revelation. In Revelation, the second chapter, we begin a series of letters dictated by Jesus Christ to the Apostle John. These letters are corrections or encouragements. I want to tell you that almost every letter Jesus identifies that he knows their deeds. Now, many of you have been raised to believe that your deeds are not important and that they don't mean salvation. Many of you have been taught by false pastors that your deeds are only given as rewards. Your deeds can very much keep you out of the kingdom of God and cause you to go to hell. That's what Revelation tells us in many different places. Now, these are so important as letters because they are being dictated to John by the risen Christ. So there's no possibility of misunderstanding. He is speaking in the new covenant. He is not now speaking in the old covenant before his crucifixion. He is speaking 
a new covenant message. And he is saying, I know your deeds. I know your hard work. He knows what we do. He says in verse 4 of chapter 2, I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. He is saying that to the American church and to the Western church. And we have forsaken our first love as evidenced by our deeds, by what we do. With our lips, the American church is, I love Jesus. I'm good to go. I'm saved. But their actions say they're children of judgment. The church of Smyrna. They're warned that they are going to enter into a time of great persecution. I can tell you today the Spirit of God is saying the American church, America, is going to enter now into a great time of depression and destruction and persecution for the true Christians. Now, I also want to tell you that in every one of these seven churches, there is one constant, even for the churches not rebuked, like Smyrna and Philadelphia were not rebuked. All the others were rebuked. But in every church, the message was the same. And that message must be an overcomer. The word overcomer is an uncomfortable word because it means you have a fight on your hands. It's not going to be a simple process. If you are going to overcome the incredible increased wickedness of our day. Some years ago, a dear brother had a dream. He was standing outside and suddenly the pavement in front of him in the street began to break apart and a great geyser of ugly green vomit began to shoot forth from underground. He was warned by the Spirit, do not step in it, do not touch it, it will destroy you. The geyser spread down the streets covering yards, beginning to go in every part, he quickly retired back into the church. That geyser is an enticement to sin that has been vomiting itself on the television and the internet. It has been vomiting itself in the in the games and the YouTubes. Every part of society, this vomit is now going in a way it has never gone in the history of America. It has even entered into the church. And so the church has its cute little plays, its 
concerts, its parties. While the world is going to hell in a handbasket. While the church parties on. Please hear me when I say to you, the Spirit is saying the church is in dreadful trouble in America. And all of us have come to a place where we have to examine our deeds, reflect what I claim with my mouth. Do I only speak words of love for Jesus and then in the way I live, I walk another way? Does your mouth speak words of love and adoration for Jesus, but words of bitterness and anger and condemnation to others? Do do poison words flow from your heart one moment and words of love the next moment? Can a, a spring give forth fresh water and salty water? No. You end up with brackish water. You can't have fresh and salt water together. To the church at Pergamum, these are the words who has the sharp double-edged sword, verse 12. What I want you to see is the picture we have of Jesus in these seven church messages is a Jesus who has a sharp sword coming out of his mouth with the threat that he will kill those who walk in sin and wickedness. Don't tell me you can walk in sin and wickedness and still be saved. The sword of the Lord will slay you. You must renounce your sin. Even as I say this, the Holy Spirit is saying to me that some of you are walking in sexual sin. You're shacked up with somebody you're not married to. You're lusting after money. You have an angry, bitter heart. And the Lord is ready to judge you. And you must repent quickly or that judgment will fall and will destroy you. You have the people there who hold to the teachings of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin by eating food sacrificed to idols, by committing sexual immorality. Repent, therefore, otherwise I will soon come to you and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. The Lord Jesus is about to fight against the American church with the sword of his mouth. And many will perish. Again, he says to him who overcomes. Did you know that Jesus had to overcome? He walked without sin, but he had to overcome. The devil came at him with every enticing sin. And he overcame the devil 
and stayed true to his mission and to his God. Thyatira, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I've given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering, and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely until they, unless they repent of her ways. I will strike her children dead. Then the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds. And I will repay each of you according to your deeds. Please let me be very straight. There is a a theology that is going forth in the church in America, particularly today, that says... Men and women do not have separate roles of leadership in the body of Christ or in the family. I want to tell you the church is not a democracy and it is led by men in the Christian church, not in the wicked church of our day. I'm not saying that women can't prophesy the scriptures say at the end of time women will prophesy they will preach i'm saying though there is a spirit that is intense and destructive it destroys marriages for it teaches that a woman must not just be responsible for her role as a family member but she must also lord it over her husband. There is the dress and the jewelry and the makeup of Jezebel. There is in men the dress and the attitude of a Jezebel. Effeminate men, men who have forgotten how to be men. There is the tattooing of their flesh with every kind of wicked dragon worshiping the serpent, tight clothing, Behavior that is rude and braggadocious and proud. In our day, men have forgotten how to be men and women have forgotten how to be women. And we must go back to the scriptures and learn from the scriptures. What is a man? When is a man a man? And when is a woman a woman? God created man and woman, and he assigned to us different roles. We get in trouble when we begin to break away from the roles that God has outlined for us as men and women. 
we get in trouble when men stop being men and become abusive and harsh and proud, arrogant. I spoke with a woman yesterday whose husband has been physically abusive in their family, both to she and to their children. Such brokenness results from these kind of wicked men. But I want to tell you, I know it is not uncommon. I've had to deal with it as a pastor time after time. It's time for men and women to examine carefully the scriptures and dress and act according to the word of the living God if we are going to be true Christians. Today we have become very tolerant of the Jezebel spirit, both in men and women. Now some of you may disagree and say men cannot have a Jezebel spirit. That's not true. I've seen it. I've had to fight against it. Condemning men, proud men, full of themselves, abusive, hard-headed, hard-hearted, breaks my heart. The Lord says, verse 26, to him who overcomes and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. The church at Sardis, I know your deeds, you have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. I could just as well say to the Church of America, I know your deeds, you have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. I talked with a brother this morning from another state who listens regularly to the broadcast. He said, Pastor, I can't go to my church anymore. It's dead. It stinks. There's no food there. Many of you are trying to go to churches that are dead, and it is very discouraging. I understand. It's heartbreaking. He says, wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have not found your deeds complete in my sight. Remember, therefore, what you have heard and received and obey it and repent. What is the Spirit saying to the church today? He's saying, repent and overcome your sin. Separate yourself from the world. Do not be consumed, but have your mind renewed. Do not follow the pattern of this world, but separate yourself from that pattern and begin to live a chaste life, a sacrificed life unto Jesus our Lord. Do not participate in the things of darkness. Turn your televisions off. Stop watching all of the foolish YouTubes. Turn aside from the games 
how can Jesus possibly speak to your heart when you are so full of the entertainment of this world that there's no opportunity for the Spirit of God to even get your attention, let alone speak to you? And I'm telling you now, by the Spirit of God, destruction and famine are going to come upon America. I'm talking about absolute, utter poverty beyond anything you can imagine. North Korea-style poverty is coming upon America. Your entertainment will not feed you. And if you have not made your peace with Jesus, believe me, the time is coming when you will be so filled with pain and anguish over what you see, the deaths in your families, the homelessness, the loss of cars, A very good business to get into today, if I were interested in going into business, which I'm not, would be to set up an auction house online and in person, because I'm telling you now, many people are going to bring to the auction house those things that they have foolishly purchased that they really didn't need, and they're going to try to unload them at pennies on the dollar. Because they want to eat. They want to live and not die. What I'm saying to you is that it is time to wake up. It's time to prepare for this time of utter devastation that is coming upon the earth. It is the prelude to the fullness of the wrath of God being poured out under the seven seals and the trumpets and the thunders and finally the bulls of wrath. Now many of you have believed that there will be a secret rapture where you will suddenly disappear from the earth. I do not believe that is true. I can find no evidence in scripture for a secret rapture. I listened to a very famous preacher yesterday who said that before any of this trouble comes upon the earth we're going to be taken from here to heaven if i could speak with this man i would say talk to me about what's happening in venezuela talk to me about what's happening in china talk to me about what's happening in many nations of the world where they are in excessive hunger and pain and starvation do you think it's only america do you think god only looks at america Do you think God's going to swish us out of here before hard times and persecution comes to America? No. The word of God says we will suffer persecutions. The foolishness of the prophets who speak lies to you. It is time to hold on to the little you have And to begin to confess the name of Jesus Christ. And hear the word of the Spirit. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. He is saying, repent. 
you must overcome. And you must separate yourself from the world. You must no longer participate in the wicked ways of darkness. You must examine everything you see and everything you do by the standard of, would Jesus participate in this? Would he be here doing this? Would he be saying this? How do you stand before a holy God today? Are you clean? Are you washed in the blood? Have you had the evil power of Satan destroyed from your life? Are you an overcomer today in the name of Jesus Christ? Or are you still walking in the darkness? Please take seriously what I've said to you today. Lay aside some food. Lay aside some tools that you can protect you and your family with. Lay aside medicine, clothing, toothpaste, toothbrush. Lay aside shampoo and soap. The time is coming when sugar and flour and oil will not be available and these other things will no longer be available except on the black market where they will be very, very expensive. The time is coming when you cannot buy or sell. In the New Testament, when famine came, the churches gathered together and sent relief. They prepared to help others. Are you prepared to help others in this time of devastation that's coming upon America and the world? I'd love to hear from you. I'm very grateful to those of you who have sacrificed financially to walk with me. Thank you. I pray for you. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Or you can go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, nationalprayerchapel.com. I've not tried to be hard today. I've tried to be honest. I am terrified for God's people in America because we have, as a church, gone the way of darkness. There is almost no light remaining in the modern American church. I pray you will turn and be filled with the presence and peace of Jesus. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. Thank you for joining me for this broadcast. If you're not subscribed to the channel, please subscribe. And please post this if you're on a YouTube or if you're on another channel like Facebook or Twitter. Would you paste a link to this broadcast? God bless you.
I love you. Jesus loves you. I'll talk to you soon. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 